The Comenius Institute uh, crosses three bridges into uh, this particular world. We are interested in helping Christian college students at IUPUI, helping them to understand what they hear and what they see around them from a Christian vantage point. And actually, one of the things that might be helpful for a listening audience uh, to engage is warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. And there you'll find a number of recent essays I've written on campus episodes. In fact, yesterday, I just uh, published the third one and was on Moody Radio yesterday morning talking about some of those stories and giving some background uh, to what we do at IUPUI helping Christian college young people to navigate uh, what those, uh, those kinds of ideas that they hear, perhaps sometimes for the first time. The second bridge we cross is into communities. That's why we emphasize the different folks that come in every single week. We have different guests, and their expertise uh, depends on what, what it is, what they do, but all of it comes around to one idea, and that is Christians who are doing good around the neighborhood, which is Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. The third bridge that we cross is into culture. And so our emphasis in culture is to help Christians understand how it is that we should interact in the culture that we have around us. So this morning, uh, we have some uh, great opportunities to talk about neighborliness, talking about the book of Proverbs, coming at this from a biblical vantage point. And after we take a song break, we'll be back talking about neighborhood talking about the importance of sticking together and coordinating our efforts, not just talking. But and we are back, Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You know, HB, this uh, last week I was actually thinking about um, how many shows we have done. We have done 110 shows. This is 111 today, man. We've been out this a while. All right, Junior. Well, <laughs> well good. Good for you because uh, coming uh, March 26th, we put in like 365, mm. Uh, mm. actually. is that I did the, the math, and it will be 365 days when we do the seven-year anniversary mm. uh, from that first uh, May 28th launch date of 2011. I'm mm. just teasing with you, but yeah. I was just marveling at that and really just thankful, man. I'm doing seven years of anything yeah. and being able to stay around. Ain't stay it around, grace, yeah. Ain't number grace and mercy. Yeah. Um, you know, you had to be committed and you had to have some faith, but, you mm-hmm. know, this ain't number God's work. And uh, but no, congratulations on that, man. And, yeah, and uh, I mean, pretty cool. Time, time, time is a funny thing because mm. you know when you're doing it, you don't understand it. But then when you glance back and say, mm. "Wow, man, 160 of these things." Yeah, that's <laughs> powerful a, stuff. It is that, yeah. And I love that uh, that new picture you've got out there with that seven with uh, the wings. You know, oh, we flying, baby. It's <laughs> takeoff time. Yeah, I'm glad you caught that. That's really cool. Yeah. I really like that seven being the perfect number and all. You well, know, you know. I, my birthday is ten seventeen, okay. and uh, I told you know you'd have to understand this. Uh, <laughs> if you went into one of the pea shake houses, you can't even play that straight. They make you, <laughs> they, they make you break that up and box it because it's got so many powerful numbers. In it. <laughs> I'll tell you about that on the break. Okay, <laughs> we'll leave that there for now. Mm-hmm. At the moment, we are talking about the issue of being. You asked me <laughs> on here today. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. We're talking about being neighbors, and uh, actually, HB and I have been neighbors for about two and a half years, certainly not as long as he's been neighbors with others, but uh, we call each other brother, and we're twins, and uh, we're grateful for that, what God has given to us in this particular life and in this particular show. And uh, always grateful. Just a a word here about Janelle Howard. You know, she got married in November, and we were there at the wedding. It was really great and everything, but it was really Janelle 
uh, who, through other connections, uh, brought us together. Cliff, I think, was Cliff, involved. Tracy, yeah. that whole crew, yeah. yeah. I, that was yeah. pretty cool, you know. So these kinds of things, the longevity of it, uh, I think is, is pretty impressive stuff. You know, we're talking about this issue of, of neighboring today, and one of the things that kind of uh, stands out uh, about neighborhoods is this concept of renewal. I'm just going to read a couple of uh, verses here from Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs 14:21 says, Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. And then verse 31, Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy, Honors him. Sounds like generosity is kind of standing out there, HB. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we were talking about this off the air, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we were talking about, you know, talking about it and being about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's a, to me, a fine line between um, your contribution as a neighbor versus you, yeah. what you say you're going to do as a neighbor. And I think we get caught a lot of the times in, ta- you know, having this grandiose illusion of. Mm who we are versus what we do. Yeah. And, and real work, real neighborly efforts, don't uh, they don't get a lot of compliments. They don't get a lot of rewards. They're just acts that are done out of kindness. Yeah. Um, like if you see your neighbor and, and you know she's 75 or 76 years old, you don't yep. have to go report that I helped take her groceries uh, in the house with her. You yeah. don't have to do that. You just do you that. You just do it. Yeah. yeah. And if you start touting that you do it, mm-hmm. then I'm wondering what you're really about. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think neighbor, neighbor. And part of what's wrong with our country today is we don't have neighborhoods any mm. longer. Yeah, we have the back porch. We don't have the front porch. Yeah. We, don't, we were trying to hide yeah. someplace. Yeah. Sneak in through your, your little perfect uh, mm-hmm. doorway to your car, to your house, mm-hmm. where you don't have to be part of the outside elements of the world. And um, truthfully, I think that's that's kind of you know put the fracture in what we do as a community. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. The front porches... Uh, Hundred plus years ago were really nice. Doesn't mean that everything was nice back then, but what it does mean is that actually people were looking at each other and concerned about the neighbor across the street or next to them. But this idea of generosity—I wanted to come back to that just because you know we were talking about this earlier, but also because you know if you're not contributing, and this is an important idea—if you're not contributing, then you have to ask yourself the question: What part of Titus three are you doing? Because Titus 3 says, do good, do good, do not good. talk good. Do, good. <laughs> do good. And it says it three times <laughs> three to times. pretty much make emphasis on do good. Yeah. I mean, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't any other thing that you can uh, substitute it with but do good. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that, you know, we have to take a self-check a lot of times. Isn't that the truth? Inside. So, yeah. yeah. We have to step back and recognize that there's a, there's a lot of a lot of work going on around us. Uh, folks need us, and we need to step up and help them with that. And uh, just let me make make this general comment. You know, this is the third quarter for us. Uh, we our uh, financial year runs from July one to July one, and so uh, actually this uh, about six seven weeks from now, HB, we're going to be doing. Uh, uh, a great jazz mixer again. These wonderful th- events that you've been putting together. But uh, in May, uh, May 18th, we're really going to be focused on the Cominius Institute. We're really grateful for that. You being a board member and all. And one of the things I want to say to everybody this morning is, uh, you don't have to wait till May 18th to contribute. This is a sustainable development fundraiser for the future. We're looking for establishing uh, a fiscal financial base. Uh, for us to operate from, and uh, this mixer is just a great opportunity to do that. And, but if you're, uh, you can't come out May 18th, 6 to 9 o'clock, hear some great jazz, uh, see some great students that we've got coming in, uh, then by all means, uh, donate online, go to our, line, uh, go to our website, cominiusinstitute.org.com, 
and uh, don't hit that donate button and uh, see what you can do to help us out. This contribution thing, you know, generosity, HP. This is what we've been talking about earlier today. People needing to step up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and 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 with that being said, uh, time is valuable, and a lot of times you can't participate mm-hmm. in the actual event, but you can contribute. And uh, I just think you take it upon yourself to do the part that you can. You can yeah. just the part that you can, like you say, do good, do good, do good, do something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I posted it last week. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and pardon the expression, but I say give a dang mm-hmm. about something. Mm-hmm. Just just care about something. Yeah. And when you care about something, you contribute. Much like you just said about your dear friend. And colleague who lost her cat after 18 mm. years old, you don't understand loving a cat for 18 years, but I you do, do not. understand uh, the I understand loss, loss of something. <laughs> yeah. So that's, right. that's your contribution to that do-good mm-hmm. theory. I mean, yeah. you know, nobody's asking you to go buy a new cat or start mm-hmm. being a cat lover. Just do yeah. good by yeah. saying, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you know, it was a loss. And be sincere about it, you know, and, and see the things that are around you that – uh, folks really care about, you know, shoot, man, I don't really care what it is. My neighbor across the street, he's got a beautiful yellow Corvette. I mean, this thing is just cherry. It's marvelous. I love it. Um, he he asked me to go out and, and drive it with him in the summertime, you know, just take it out for a little bit of miles. But, you know, what I'm saying to him is, you know what, I appreciate what you what you appreciate. The things that you care about, I want to at least say, you know what, that's pretty cool. I'm really glad you shared that with me. Uh, this is a important thing. Whatever it is, uh, folks are doing around us. You know, it could be today, man. We get, we need to be out there helping folks shovel their driveways, yeah. if nothing else. You know, and what's so funny is when we start talking about uh, neighborly and, and doing good, and, and this, uh, you know, this whole ecosystem of life that we live in. Mm. Um, you know, we we've got so many people suffering, and then we've got the church mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and the Christian people of the church. Mm. Uh, what what? What is the responsibility man, oh, of boy. what we do and what we should be doing mm. um, in contributing to this this issue? Because, yeah. you know, most of the times we're talking about help, we're talking about people who are in need, people yep. who have uh, lost yeah. some things that make life comfortable. So what should we do? Oh, my word. Don't even get me started on this. This is, I think, one of the things that really uh, gets me most concerned about the church, capital T, capital C, across the board Just, I'll give you one statistic. This is a really sad statistic, but it's true. In evangelical Christian churches, only 2.7%, people only give 2.7% every single week. Now, that's on an average. You know, that's not talking about individuals or any particular church. It's just generally across the board, Christians only give 2.7% of their income to major contributory issues and organizations, things that need money, uh, folks that uh, need to be cared for. Uh, And this goes, you know, there should be something even beyond this. You know, we often talk about the tithe. But, you know, in in the First Testament, the Old Testament, the tithe was uh, 10%, literally. That's what the Hebrew word means. But if you go to Leviticus and you realize all the other times that God is saying to his people, you need to give to all these other things, we're talking about 25-plus percent. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about tithe, and I'm just getting off off track because I, I listen a lot of times when we talk, and and we act like tithing is strictly a scripture based, church based initiative. Mm. When I read my scripture, I'm reading, take the first ten percent of your blessing, so mm-hmm. to speak, of of what your fruit is, mm-hmm. and give back to mm-hmm. the 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 church, which is the people. Yeah, for some reason in the 21st century, 20th century, 
it's been designed to take it to your preacher. Mm. And if you don't take it to your preacher, now you're cast to hell almost mm. like you're not doing your thing. Mm. And I'm going to be as honest as I know how to be. This church thing got me a little messed up mm. J- just as a, as a guy mm-hmm. and in my neighborhood giving. And I know if I started talking about the percentage of my first fruits, mm. I should have me an extra ticket going on into, you know, get, uh, buy one, get one free. <laughs> because cause my whole thing is about what can I do to give back. And, mm-hmm. I, and I give to the excess sometimes of being stripped down almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we start talking about that from a philosophical basis versus a, a church basis, yeah. what should we really understand about tithing? Honestly, we need to take out our checkbook, see around uh, the folks that, are, that really have needs around us, uh, and contribute to those needs. It doesn't have to be a particular institution per se. Uh, it needs to be the people that really desperately need it. As your neighbor and as a Christian brother, yeah. don't you think the dialogue kind of starts fitting uh, <laughs> this institution-based mm-hmm. tithing versus oh, yeah. this, this giving-based tithing? And then right. I, I wonder if we separated the two how much better our community might be. Oh, my. Well, now we're getting into the concept of what it means. I didn't mean to, to take your show another no, way, no, but no, this is a good point. No, it's it goes and to it's the, neighborly. It is neighborly. It goes to the issue of giving. Uh, giving is really what the New Testament is emphasizing. Uh, giving, uh, if we look at places like Second Corinthians eight and nine, we look at the poorest of the people. Uh, Paul is actually castigating the Corinthians, and he's looking at them in, in chapter eight, verses one to five, and saying, "Look at what the poor give." And now, look what you're giving, which isn't nearly as much, considering that you have so much money. <laughs> I'm just laughing is. because yeah. I did read some stats where you were saying the Christians only give 2.7%. Mm-hmm. And I found out that the low-income people give more money. Oh, definitely. All the time. All the time. Then, much more than the rich than the do. people than the rich. Yeah. Oh, boy, here we yeah. go. We're going to have to take a break at that point <laughs> and, and make sure. I didn't mean to mess you up this <laughs> no, morning. Oh, good. And Clyde, if you're out there listening, man, hey, listen up. <laughs> we, are, we are talking about being neighbors and what it means to be neighbors in the neighborhood. Our first segment, we were talking about the issue of giving and being generous to those around us. Uh, Proverbs chapter 14 certainly emphasizes that. HP love to riff on these kinds of things. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll take a one-song break. We are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.tv at the Cool Groove site. Today we are talking about being good neighbors and not just talking about it, but actually doing something about it. We talked in the first segment about uh, the issue of being generous to those around us, to those who uh, actually have needs in our community. And this is a really important, powerful idea and honestly, not something that we do a really good job at because we're uh, going through into our garages, hitting that big white button, the door comes down, and we go to our back porch and don't really uh, see the needs of those folks around us. So uh, we're talking uh, in the second segment about the concern for the city. Here's a verse from Proverbs 21. A wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the stronghold in which they, t- they trust. Uh, our concern is to apply wisdom to life, to demonstrate to other people that goodness needs to be the foundation for what we do. And so, uh, HB, we're concerned about the city and what it means to be neighbors in the city. Uh, The concern that we have generally for Indianapolis is that we're finding Christians who are doing good in the city. Thoughts about that? I think that um, we we have so many little micro pockets in Mm. the city that... um, Unless we understand how to blend together to make it a a macro yeah. 
agenda mm-hmm. inside of our micro uh, uh, push, mm-hmm. so to speak, in each of these neighborhoods and each of these society. I mean, because you, you think about it. You can be inside of one neighborhood that's a two-square-mile area. Mm-hmm. And inside that neighborhood, you got about six different agendas that are operating independent and go. separately. Yeah. So if they never come together... And then that neighborhood never comes together. Mm -hmm. And other neighborhoods do that. Then we got a whole bunch of just energy Mm. being wasted because we never get it to swirl, as I say, (laughs) in this ecosystem of this is what you need and we've got it. And then as you transfer that, another organization might have a way to solve, for instance, let's just say teenage pregnancies. Mm -hmm. Well, this neighborhood might be the one who has that program, but right next door. There you go. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that we do enough in the city mm. of of bringing together the the independent and the the. I, I hate to say this, but we got these tiers mm. of people. Yeah, so we got these high end authorities of mm-hmm. here's how you fix everything, but they're not working with the people who right. need the help. Right. <laughs> then you got these people who need the help, and the grassroots organizations say, "No, mm. here's what we need over here." Mm. But nobody listens. Mm, nobody enough. hears it. And, 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 and in the city, I guess what I see is the division of the haves and the have-nots. Okay. And, and just in a, in a quick take, I, yeah. I see a lot of good people trying to do a lot of good things. And then I see the people who have the power and authority uh, saying, no, this is what you need. Mm. And that doesn't work. It doesn't work. We don't need the top down. We need the bottom up. We need grassroots we need folks who are uh, actually getting away from micro and going macro or taking their micro to make it macro. And that's tough because, mm-hmm. yeah, you have, to, you have to have the micro issues. You mm-hmm. have to have the micro yeah, plan uh, to make anything work. Yeah. Uh, but then we have to be open right. to say how do we funnel it through where now we're working all of this together to, to address the needs of the community because the community has so many different needs that if we don't address them and, and we go in and say just education, well, that sounds good. Yeah. But around education, I guarantee you're going to find poverty uh, or the lack of education. You're going to find crime. You're going to find uh, no food. Uh, you're going to find food deserts. Mm-hmm. You're going to find you're going to find all the problems that contribute to yes. lack of education. And if you have a high crime area, you're going to find the same things that make the high crime area mm-hmm. happen. And so we have to have micro agendas. Yes. But there, we have to know one another to bleed them together. Oh. And now we have a whole table full of food. Mm, we have to know one another. Boy, that, that's a huge issue right there. There's actually something, a national initiative called Circles, uh, where uh, groups are uh, basically come around an individual or a family. And there are six different uh parts of the circle. So there's somebody that, say, uh, deals with finance, and there's another person who deals with housing, and there's another person who deals with a job. And basically that what this initiative does is they, they circle or encircle an individual or a family unit that desperately needs various things. And these six different aspects of the circle bring what they contribute to that individual or to that family, which is the betterment of the family. And uh, then, of course, from there comes the neighborhood idea. Uh, you know, we, I think about somebody like Tamara, for instance, and her her great um, a- emphasis on just giving diapers to families who desperately need this. Or, you know, we're thinking about Shepherd's uh, commu- Shepherd Community Center. They're going to be coming in next this next month and talking about what they do and the the great uh, educational emphasis that they have there. And of course, Ashley Gervitz coming in here in our second hour 
going to be talking about the glue that that uh, Eastern Star is in their own zip code. This is a huge issue. But this goes back to the very uh, point that we're making here, and that is that uh, from HB's perspective, from my perspective, yeah, we have all these different initiatives. We're concerned about specific issues and things. But as Proverbs says, we are bringing wisdom to the table to help undo the top down, doing it from the bottom up. One of the reasons why Collaborate 317 is around here. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Mark, we talk about um, the the neighborly agenda. And, uh, you know, and that's the topic of the show today. And I wonder how many times that we wake up <laughs> with the thought of, who needs this mm-hmm. instead of what do I want? Today? Yeah, exactly. And and I see a lot of I want, I want, I want mm-hmm. instead of the consciousness mm-hmm. of what can I give? Yeah. And and back to scripture. Yes. If, if you read scripture, man, when you go out and concentrate on what you can contribute yeah. to the cause more than what you want, uh, the the true the true theory is. You go give and then I'll trump you, pretty mm. much as layman terms. Mm. That's what God is saying to all of us. You go give what you've got. Watch me trump you. Yeah. And you ain't got no timetable on it. Mm-hmm. Ain't no dates on it. Con- consistently, go do what you do good. Watch me make blessings happen. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, I just think that we have to do a better job of concentrating on how we are going to just give hmm. graciously give hmm. uh, I, I remember something something about uh, what is it five loaves of bread and, and a couple yeah. of fish yeah you know <laughs> absolutely and we want to use it only when we want to use it for mm. the sake of making a point about how good god is but mm. when we have to use that for us and you think you're stri- you know stripping yourself down of some resources of mm-hmm. so, or some of your own personal good then we don't want to believe that premise mm-hmm. then we don't want to we don't want that as our scripture then, but boy, you let us want to go talk about some, some stuff from a pulpit or to a group of people where you're trying to act like you got some uh, uh, knowledge about your scripture. Mm-hmm. We want to throw that out. But. One of the things that uh, bothers me in this regard, this is part of what I do anyway. Uh, I was t- telling somebody this week about uh, the fact that I, I traffic in ideas. A lot of folks deal with the physical. I deal with ideas. And, of course, when you deal with ideas, that means you have to be with people to have communication lines open, discussions, conversations, classes. So I'm actually taking a class at IUPUI. I go and meet with students uh, down there. I have conversations with faculty members. All of these things, and here's the neighborliness that I deal with every week and sometimes on a daily basis is, how do I uh, communicate ideas in a way that are attractive to other people, that draw them into a conversation, that make them feel a part, but you still get the point across without beating them over the head? Absolutely, because, the, the you know, I, I say it all the time. I have to, you know, I, I got some depth in this craziness. Mm. But if I don't sugarcoat some of the things that I'm trying to say, people will reject them. Uh, mm. Much like when you feed your baby medicine mm. or your dog medicine, you have to put it in something mm. so that pill can get in. Most of the times when we're talking to people who are in need of what we're trying to give, yes, you have to bring it different. Yeah, it's not um, the truth. The approach is what it's all about. I was sitting up here, not, as a matter of fact, yeah. I was sitting up listening to you and Clyde. Mm. I think it, it was a couple of weeks show. And the commentary was thick and it was good. And I was back there listening as a listener. And I was wondering, man, that was some heavy stuff they were talking about. Mm. But how many of the people that needed that Mm. got that? Got that, yep. You know, and and it was a thought. And, and, you know, not negative or anything. Just, you know, just from a a guy who can decipher verbiage to a person knowing and working in the communities that need help. 
how many people are hearing. And That's I think right. we have to slow down, even in youth programming, hmm. um, back to the neighborly thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I go to the Y every Thursday, right. and I've got some young geniuses that I'm working with. I mean, I can see six or seven of these kids being anything that they choose to be. Hmm. But if we don't understand that they need to be at the table in the planning stages of what we say we want to do to help hmm. them, much like I said earlier, we're talking about what the poor need, and we're not mingling and toiling mm-hmm. with the poor, like the diapers. Yeah. If you're sitting up in the office, how are we going to help the homeless? Or how are we going to help people who are disenfranchised, low mm-hmm. income? Diapers are not going to come up in the conversation. <laughs> That's right. It's yeah. just not yeah. because we, don't, we can't even relate to that. But if you have people in the room like Tamara and some of the mm-hmm. people that she's assisting, letting them know how valuable things right. like diapers are. That's and right. that gets on the blotter. Yep. Now, now we're in good now, shape. Now we're but talking. we can't keep talking about helping people that we don't have at the table who need the help. Right. you got to be there with people. This is called incarnation. That's neighbor. Yeah, that's neighboring. This is what it's all about. We're going to be coming back in just a minute after we take a song break. We'll talk about uh, the issues of organizations around the city that might be contributing good things to this. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.tv. <laughs> And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next. I'm Virginia, I love you. <laughs> Our mother and I miss you. <laughs> oh, Mom. Yeah, we do love you. Look, he said, oh, Mom, I know you got a earful for her today, don't you? <laughs> Woo, HB was on fire this morning. <laughs> oh, we're having a good time here. We're definitely doing uh, doing some great uh, chatting here in between uh, in between segments and doing some uh, talking about what needs to happen. And I, one of the things I was telling HB as we went to break and uh, we're talking amongst ourselves here was uh, what I've always been impressed by, uh, HB, is what you've done here. You've brought in 18, 20 shows. You've got all these people under one roof. And tell people what your tagline is again and why that's so important uh, to you. At RadioNext.tv believes that every message is relevant. Um, you know, and, and it's not sexy, and, and I tease all the time, you know, people don't want to pay for good news or, mm-hmm. or hear for uh, news that informs or instructs mm-hmm. how to make people empowered. And I believe that that's what we're lacking, and in this new tool here, this technological tool, we have an opportunity like never before mm-hmm. to let the meek, to let the, you know, the, the lay people, so to speak, have a voice. Yes. Um, so this is the whole reason that it was started. I did not know this was a seed that was planted mm-hmm. seven years ago. I'm not that good. Um, the things that I have planned to go out and do, like starting the limo businesses mm-hmm. and starting the nonprofit and my promotion company, those were things planned. Yeah. You know, build a SWOT analysis and say how you're going to go out and effectively do this. This mm-hmm. was something that I know is ordained and, mm-hmm. and something that I know God said, I need you to go do this. And if it's not me, it's going to be somebody else. Mm. Just a fact. Because well. this messaging needs to be. And so with every voice being relevant, Mark, that means that the little kid selling lemonade to try to help a program in his school yeah. Yeah. to somebody who's a congressman who says we need good programs throughout our city. I, I, you know, everybody has a relevant message. Yeah, they certainly do. This is uh I have to take issue with with one thing that you said there. You know, you said, you know, you're not all that good. Oh man, you are you are all that, man, as man, far as I'm concerned. Man, I thank you, bro, but I'm 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 so over me, man. I, I kind of like my I like my life. I like, you know, who God made me to be. Um, I know a lot of me isn't good for the mix. I use that analogy all the time. You know, you got just a little bit of vanilla abstract in the cake. Without it, it's not as good. With it now, wow, that cake is fire. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, you know, that that's me. Uh, so I'm really not 
man-made, so to speak. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who need adulation and admiration Mm -hmm. from their brothers and sisters to feel like they have to keep going. And I have overcome that part of my life where Mm I I really don't seek a lot of that. You Um, know, one of the things that stands out to me when you talk about vanilla abstract and the cake, which is a great metaphor, by the way, um, this really is is an important idea, I think, when, when we think about what does the New Testament teach. We only find one time when Paul is doing something alone. In, outside of Mars Hill, he has a team of people going with All him the time. doing stuff. All the time. Yeah. Um, and But that means uh, effective leadership, means delegation of people who are better than you at yeah. a particular subject matter. And you have to give it up and say, you know what, I'm not good at that. And then feel okay that you're not good at that. <laughs> in our city and in, as neighbors, yeah. we need to learn that. Isn't that the We truth? have to learn that if we want some successes because what I watch is um, a lot of times an agenda will come in mm-hmm. and then we and this is good conversation here because I was talking to Ten Point Reverend Harrison last mm-hmm. week and we were talking about the delicate design of their organization. Yes. Of course they're the spotlighted organization right. that receives the news media, they get funding and mm-hmm. all those things because they've established themselves as a right. a, a preventive measurement for the communities that they go into and serve but um we were having candid conversations about okay now that we have crime those ingredients that contribute to crime Mm -hmm. lack of education Mm -hmm. lack of economic uh, stability lack of employment opportunities some of it is health and nutrition some of it is mental health you got all these things in those neighborhoods i guarantee you where you have high crime you're going to have those Mm -hmm. elements that need fixing so Mm -hmm. now reverend harris and i are strategically trying to say Mm -hmm. how do we get those wraparound services in those communities where everybody is a part of it this, you know? is, this is something that strikes me as I, as you were talking about this, I was thinking about some of the signs I've been seeing in airports when I'm traveling to speak and so on. And one of the signs is if you see something, say something. I'd like to add to that. If you see something, do something. Yeah. If there's, some, if there's a need that needs to be met and you can meet that need, then go be a neighbor and meet that need. You don't need a program to change that. Absolutely. And, and even if you have a program, I have a, I have a nonprofit. Well, my nonprofit might be not might not be the the organization that needs to help mm-hmm. in that community. But Dag, if I know another organization that would be better, yeah. But I let me trying to figure out how am I going to get some funding out of this versus right. sending in the best agent to help that problem. Exactly. It, you know, man, it, it gets so diluted and watered down mm-hmm. because of of, of greed, mm-hmm. because of. Uh, notoriety, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. Even with 10 Point. I've heard a lot of people talk about 10 Point, and when I hear them talk about 10 Point, and when I hear they're always seeking the camera, and uh, when it has nothing to do with lack of what they say they're trying to do, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, well, what's your agenda? What's your agenda if you're talking about an agency that is going into communities and say, we're going to reduce the murder rates? And I ain't talking about... 10% 10% or 20%. Mm-hmm. Some of the neighborhoods that they've gone into, they reduced the murder rates by four and 500%. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something. That's you, something. Yeah. <clears throat> so if the rhetoric is you're jealous because they're on TV versus yeah. the effectiveness of their organization, then I'm like, okay, what is the problem? We're talking about being good neighbors here, yeah. and one of the focus uh, points that we've made throughout the program is that this isn't uh, 
talk about doing good. We, we are talking about go do good and do something uh, with whatever you've been given to do. Can I put important. a warning label on that? Yeah. Uh, warning. When you do go do good, I'll get ready to have some darts thrown at you. Mm-hmm. When you talk about doing good, can't nobody throw nothing because you ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Excuse the grammar, Virginia, yeah. but it's the only way to say that. You know, it's the only way to say that. I, th- I think we ought to make that out of a bumper sticker or something. And it should be because the truth of the matter is, man, and people will tell you this, especially the wisdom, and since this is wisdom and knowledge, mm-hmm. if you're not doing anything, they're not talking about you. Right. Um, the devil is not attacking you or mm-hmm. your surrounding area if yep. you're not busy trying to do something for good. So I think one of the, the and we are back Orphan Hoof Radio at Radio Next TV at the Cool Groove site, and we have spent our first hour talking about doing, not talking about talking, but talking about doing, and the emphasis on neighboring. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out to Neil Cox, who I'm sure is probably listening. If not now, he will be on the podcast. Always grateful, Neil, for your good support. Thank you for what you're doing in the community. Uh, appreciate the fact that uh, you're bringing communities together. That's really important to us. And certainly something that what we're doing here uh, in our radio show, Warp and Woof Radio, is bringing in folks who are doing good in the community who are believers in Jesus. And we have just exactly that person here with us today, Ashley Gervitz from Eastern Star Church. Thanks so much for being here today. Well, thank you for the invitation. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here. Uh, wonder if you would just kind of start us off uh, in our first uh, 10, 12 minutes. Start us off uh, in our first uh, 10, 12 minutes. Start us off uh, in our first uh, 10, 12 minutes. Start us off uh, in our first uh, 10, 12 minutes. Start us off uh, in our first uh, 10, 12 minutes. Start us off uh, in our first uh, 10, 12 minutes. Start us off uh, in our first uh, 10, 12 minutes. Uh, tell us, uh, give us an overview of yourself, your family, uh, your church, uh, maybe what you do in the community. Just kind of an overview. Yes, well, um, first and foremost, I tell you, God has uh, definitely an awesome way mm. of letting life experiences bring you to the exact moment through that mm. divine timing and being able to serve. So. Uh, for me, I guess I'm the I guess typical millennial uh, in some aspects, but trying to show the good of our generation as well. Um, I've always known as a little kid that I love serving, doing, and uh, just being connected with community. Um, growing up, I um, was of a very diverse, blended family. I tell you, uh, some would always say growing up, we were the United Nations, but, (laughs) you know, yeah, great. But, you know, from an outside lens, there was always that first spark and curiosity, like, how are they coming together? Mm. So uh, growing up in our household, it was, all right, well, you can't just always base the first things you see. So what's the next thing Mm. that you're ready to show others about? So we were always... Aesop fables, looking at the biblical, good, nice. the do good work stuff. Yeah. So uh, that's really transpired where uh, today uh, I've been able to kind of live that out and just mm. be more comfortable and free mm. of everything our parents really taught us to nice. live today. So, that's great. Yeah. Um, I grew up in what I call Noble Tucky, Noblesville. <laughs> uh, I tell you, uh, it's my home. It's always going to be my home. Mm. But when you find um, where God really wants you to be by identifying your purpose, mm. looking back, um, even at Noblesville, where I 
I was like one of the only minorities in my mm-hmm. class uh, room settings. Uh, that voice was developed really to now listen to the least lonely left out today. Mm. Um, post being at Ball State University, uh, getting into work life, then venturing um, back into school at IPY, Ivy Tech, um, I realized I'm exactly where I need to be. Mm. And being able to also listen to uh, just what's actually happening mm. um, with uh, that realm Leaving corporate America, I decided to then branch into higher education, working in admissions at Ivy Tech. Mm. Uh, And it was like all those stories you would hear for individuals, why they wanted their degree, Mm -hmm. what they were looking to accomplish. It puts something in you where you feel accountable Mm. of helping them deliver that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like God does that to us every day, the Mm. things we want, and he'll put things in us to make sure uh, we are accountable mm. for getting that to occur. So I'm like, okay, let me incorporate that in the work. Mm. From there, it was just a springboard where uh, opportunities as far as being out in the community started to opening up. Uh, it was also transfusing around the same time from a social justice lens with Trayvon Martin. I'm like, all right, I'm moving more. And, and where, where do I need to be? So uh, I found that led me towards... Uh, higher education transferred to public service than taking a work at the Indiana House of Representatives, working as a senior legislative aide and internship director. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is another way of serving. And typically in an area, especially for underserved communities, that was not getting that information relayed back to them. Mm-hmm. So it was just awesome to really have that experience and I tell you, um, that experience has now really helped transfused into great work doing community development today with uh, Eastern Star Church. Mm. Um, Just briefly about that lens, I um, joined Eastern Star Church nine years ago uh, in probably the best decision that I ever did. Uh, When I also, about nine years, actually it's about 10 years ago, I started visiting churches. I, I, I mean, I'll be honest. The best thing we can do as Christians is be honest and truthful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about our testimony. Um, realized uh, I was at the breaking point of finding out where God needed me to be. And I thought, okay, maybe while I'll dabble it out. I'll just find myself just hanging out in a big congregation. I mean, 17,000 members, right? I can get in, get my word, go out and take that back in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, No, God had a whole nother way. Like, okay, go do that community stuff right now. But little did I know in the pipeline, as I was growing spiritually, Mm. there was this opportunity, uh, which actually was about two years ago that the church opened up. Well, really almost three where they started doing a strategic planning of what's called the rock initiative. Um, The rock initiative was, our way of making sure our service and benevolence was not just on the short term, the short term band-aids on long term wounds, mm. but really go on the next level of how we are doing community transformation, kingdom building, mm. self-efficiency every day. So, mm. you know, uh, here I am again thinking I'm just going to be comfortable sitting in the pews and a uh, little did I know um it allowed me to feel comfortable volunteering my time helping with the strategic planning. Mm. And I tell you that was uh, an aha moment. Like God 
was like, this is where you need to be. Listen. And I listened and I followed. And I'm very thankful today, today actually, that I'm able to serve as the community development manager mm. for our church. That's fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. Um, with our big congregation, it's really important, important for us to say we're one church, one church in three locations. We all are still one body uh, as what we should be as Christians, uh, even though we may be in different places mm -hmm. or economic classes, uh, ethnicities, or whatever other category you want to put in there. Sure. But I'm really thankful for the teaching, preaching, and coaching uh, Pastor Jeffrey Johnson mm -hmm. gives us every Sunday. Um, and just the encouragement of always taking what we hear, not only embracing it in our minds, not leaning on to our own understandings, but executing mm -hmm. God through us and mm -hmm. making sure we're doing great actions as well. Mm -hmm. And it's great, especially with the Rock Initiative um, I'm able to live that out every day that's in wonderful. every aspect of life. Yeah, that's really great stuff. One of the things that uh, that stands out you know, just by the way you're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. Uh, Ashley Gervitz here from Eastern Star Church. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me a couple of weeks ago as uh, we were getting ready to uh, have you on the show was uh, Pastor Johnson actually sent me a handwritten note oh. with your brochure from the Rock Initiative. I actually great. brought it in my bag today. But uh, I was so impressed by this. And one of the things I want to just kind of come back to and have you kind of tease out a little bit further is this idea that you're not going to put a Band-Aid on something, but that you're going to treat a long-term wound. Uh, tell us just a little bit about that. Yeah. How does that work, literally, in your community? Yeah, so um, we'll say, as a church, we are very close to hitting 100 years mm. of being organized as Eastern Star Church. Uh, when you hit that mark and you realize the actual mission of evangelism and discipleship, how is that in today's society, right? Mm. Um, we have as well what's called Jewel Human Services, which is now Eastern Starter Church Care Center, where literally that is our benevolence mm. branch, where we have the rent utility assistance, uh, we have special outreach events, and even as well, the food and clothing pantry. Mm. Those are the short-term things, right? And when you get into a, a cycle where you know you're fitting that need then, but just knowing um, as well how God transforms our lives every day in our now and in our long term. He knows plans well before we even realize the indicators of him being in our life. Um, if we're fully connected to him, we need to start embracing that model as well. Mm. So uh, when I was talking about the short-term wounds on the uh Short-term band-aids on long-term wounds, excuse mm -hmm. me. Um, there's nothing wrong with what we're doing with that benevolence. But let's go a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And going a little bit deeper is seeing exactly where the point of healing and mending and care is needed. And we have to realize if we're going that deep, we have to give individuals hope. Let's plant mm -hmm. seeds there of yes. faith. And be with them, walk with them like God walks with us in our everyday life with empathy, love, hope, passion, mm -hmm. and see that they're able to grow just as we do mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. So um, 
that's really how I feel with the Rock Initiative. It is. We, of course, we love, love, love every aspect of our care center. Love it, literally. Um, a lot of the work we do is uh, integration of both of those areas of service every day. Um, and that's another way that we are able to instill trust for transformation to occur. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. The transformation issue is a, is a big deal for us and certainly one that we want to continue talking about. Uh, just before we take our break uh, here today, uh, tell us about your zip codes specifically because we actually started our show at 10 o'clock by talking about zip codes yes. and about being neighbors. Tell us about your zip code and one thing, just one before we go on break, about the biggest need there in your zip code. Yeah, so when an individual hears 46218, of course, you go to your quick reference uh, of mind. Yeah, there's a lot of blight. There's a lot of means of having a, we'll say, socio poverty rate at about 40%. Wow. Um, and that's living at or below the poverty line. Understood. Uh, an average household income of about 25000 uh, and also a, a staggering unemployment rate, which is higher than the actual Marion County mm. average as a whole. Um, I'm starting off in the reverse of what you mentioned, it's Mark, okay. because I think that that's sometimes in society where we go wrong, mm. where we see the problems, but we're not willing to have faith to go in and help correct it. Mm. So with 46218, it's all the positive things mm-hmm. that we are really trying to fulfill and rock is actually an acronym for renewing our community for the kingdom. Oh, nice. And based off of Malachi three seventeen, and the aspect of a jewel, think about jewels Mm. before you go to a uh, jewelry counter. Does anyone know the process? It it was taken to Mm. let the buyer see their value. We got to be willing to see that. Yeah going deeper there's mm. that long term um that it's going to be dirty it's mm. going to need some cutting some refining and literally i see that in 46218 today there are so many awesome long-term neighbors mm-hmm. that have been the short-term uh neighbor as they say they're the rookie on the block being there 20 30 years uh there are so many beautiful as i call them babies or kids that are literally exposed to so many awesome organizations and services. Uh, There are many opportunities for housing development, but we can't have that unless we get out there and help expose it. Mm. So I'm always, you know, for 46218, going to bring all those positive things there first. We're really grateful to hear all of that. And HB's over here with a big smile. We were talking about that first hour, even before we got started this morning. Uh, you're just sing- singing the same song, and I'm grateful for that. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.TV at the Cool Groove site. We're going to take a song break. We'll be back with Ashley Gervitz from Eastern Star Church. We're grateful for her presence. We are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.TV at the Cool Groove site. You hear us every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And what we do is help people around Indianapolis get to know Christians who are doing good based on Titus chapter 3, 1, 8, and 14. Uh, we certainly have a person in our presence today, Ashley Gervitz from Eastern Star Church, who is emphasizing the Rock Initiative, doing just exactly that. 
Uh, Ashley, we're really grateful that you're here. And uh, off off air, we were discussing some of the things that were really important uh, from your perspective. And one of the things that you, uh, first of all, mentioned was um, it kind of reminded me of a book I read some years ago called The Dirty Life. And it was about a woman who went from the city to the farm and literally got dirty. And it was so different, you know, going to uh, something totally different. In your case, when you talked about off-air, we were talking about getting dirty. What you meant was uh, participating in the event so that you are part of the process. Why don't you expand on that for us and our listeners today? Yeah. um, I think more or less we have to be willing to get dirty, be seen doing our work, Mm. and not just showing the after picture Mm. and not exposing the process Mm. uh, that has been really the glue of getting to victories, right? I think often, um, sometimes as as Christians or uh, whatever endowed faith you have, we are told to fear not, but we fear exposing just that refining process of mm-hmm. the dirty that was in our lives, mm-hmm. um, but also the, the the purification process that is really something we should be embracing every day. Mm-hmm. That right alone, getting dirty, is someone else being able to be uh, removed of fear. Mm-hmm feel like they have someone to connect with, that there's empathy, the love, the faith to walk with somebody. Mm-hmm. So they're able to uh, go and do the same work, right? Uh, that all falls down to that evangelism and discipleship it, building. It, it really strikes me as I hear you talking about these things that we could maybe summarize this by saying life is messy. Life is so messy. Yes, it is so messy. <laughs> and one of the good things about life is that grace is messy too. You know, the idea that uh, Christ came to die for our sin, but to, in so doing, defeated death in that process. That's, boy, talk about a mess, but a mess that was conquered. So grace literally invests itself in the mess. Yes. So that's exactly what, when I think about things like this and, you know, this this idea about becoming dirty, getting involved in the community itself. I, I think about folks like yourself uh, that are actually invested in your community and doing the, these kinds of things. Uh, tell us about maybe just one project, a very specific, tangible uh, event or person or place that uh, this particular rock initiative is helping right now. Oh, wow. Um, uh, and you can like expand down to one. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so I'll do my best to lumping in a pretty package so it is one uh but really with the rock initiative itself uh our goal is building a sense of community so how do we define that Mm. sense of community uh really enhancing the range of housing options so not only are we looking at the housing continuum with apartments that we're building in our mixed-use facility but also 40 to 45 new homes in a mile radius of eastern star church wow yeah so phenomenal uh the underlying things of uh Financial security, so combating the payday loan systems, predatory. Wow. Uh, You're more tempted to do that if you only have one bank in your whole zip code, right? Yep. And uh, lastly, our other goal of having the enhanced formal and informal educational opportunities Mm. 
of course, we have a long, great standing relationship with um, Arlington Woods Elementary across the street. Mm. That's phenomenal. Uh, but we're learning every day. Mm. So how can we help from an informal lens yes. get the nis- uh, misnomers in society out, mm-hmm. but also help bring people together through education, workshops, mm-hmm. trainings, and all that. So all of that's there. So, But if I had to pinpoint one getting dirty situation, um, I would have to say it's coming more alongside huh, house building. Okay. The house building itself, one is often or not, many may have the hope of, home ownership one day it's a generational thing it's mm-hmm. equity and investments that's, right. that's a beautiful thing to be able to say one day you have keys to your own place right. but one of the most dirty things i've had to do is uh look at the process of why do we have so many abandoned homes mm. right it's mm. easy to go and put citations on doors yeah. uh reporting them with code enforcement Forget that. Why is that house abandoned? Let's ask that second question Mm -hmm. and then not be afraid of getting dirty to get that why answered. Mm. Um, That's left to learning some true stories and voices of that community. Uh, Most importantly, they are strong neighbors. And Mm. unfortunately, that their strength was just no longer harvested in an area. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as if I'm going to say, Hey, let me just go buy your home. No, mm-hmm. we're not doing that like that. Uh, but I, I wanted to feel as if I could maybe help them right. as well. So one had like six payday loans. That's why they were losing mm-hmm. their home. I don't want you to lose your home. What can I do first to help you? Mm. And the process of getting rid of that is mm. so dirty. Oh, man. <laughs> but it can go on for hours, just even just those barriers and dirtiness. One of the things, uh, and there's so many good things that, that you're talking about doing here, the one that stands out to me, and frankly the one that immediately raises my blood pressure, is the payday loan issue. It's horrible. It's the uh, <laughs> Actually, there's a... There's an essay on my website, warpandwoof.org, uh, where we talk about financial rape. Yes. And that's exactly what's happening in payday loans, uh, mm-hmm. where you are cashing checks and then giving exorbitant interest rates to poor people who desperately need the immediate financing right now. But at the same time, uh, there's going to come a day, two weeks, four weeks, six weeks from now, where you're going to have to pay an exorbitant interest rate on top of whatever it is to pay that back. And the awfulness of, frankly, let's let's just let's just call it what it is. You are doing that. To, you are enslaving a person mm-hmm. in financial shackles yes. when you do that. Yes, yes. And even to piggyback off that, what makes it okay to make money off of misery? Oh. And Dear. knowing we have so many of our brothers and sisters that don't know that there are others maybe out there to help them right that they have to utilize a system that is just going to enslave them further and further yes and then i can go on for hours about policy stuff about it but to even know like how is it okay that our state can now approve uh they called it the cowboy uh 
loan program. I, I, I don't even want to know the official name. I just know how horrible it is. But 200% interest was approved that lenders can now do to our neighbors. 200%. Like, wait, we, regular banks are marginalized at uh, 18%. So how are we okay with 200%? Boy, I'm going to have to look into that because that's yeah. not something that I'm very familiar with. Uh, certainly something needs to be spoken to. Yeah. One of the things, one of the phrases you just uh, actually put into the form of a question, which is really powerful and important, is how can you make money off misery? Yeah. And this reminds me of Isaiah 58 and 59. What is true justice? What is God asking us to do? The issue is always to take care of the poor, to take care of those who cannot take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. James 127 is very clear. Take care of the orphan and the widow. What is the key thing that people are going to see about us? They're going to see that we have done something for somebody who cannot give back to us. Yes. Isn't that the whole point behind giving? Yes, absolutely. Um, it is so important. Even something that I live to every day is with Matthew 25, mm. right? I yeah. like, and we, in whatever in Matthew 25 that best connects to your heart, your soul, your purpose, mm -hmm. connect with it. But we have to see that we have already been liberated because a sacrifice from Christ has been given, freeing us of sin. But it's our job now to appreciate the reward that's been given. Mm. And the best way we can appreciate the reward is by doing unto others <laughs> what's been done for us. Yes. I, I switched the words around a little bit with mm -hmm. that, but I can't fathom waking up a day knowing there's been certain blessings in my life mm. and then the abundancy has now become gluttony and greediness mm -hmm. and we're hoarding it for ourselves mm -hmm. when that abundant blessing could easily be able to help lift somebody else up. Right. Um, and helping them feel like our good acts can be someone's light yes. in their faith to being able to feel like their lives can be safe too. Mm -hmm. yeah. The concern, of course, uh, obviously is what we're, not how, how we live, but how we give. Our concern as Christians is that uh, really, if, if I could say it this way, the whole point of Christianity is one word, others. Mm -hmm. Our focus is on others. So you had mentioned uh, beyond becoming dirty, that is uh, getting in the process of doing the work that you're doing uh, at the Rock Initiative. You had also talked about the issue of collaboration yes. and the necessity of collaboration. Yes. So talk about why that's so important and powerful in your community. Well, without collaboration, it leads to hesitation. Ooh. And the hesitation comes because many of the neighbors have told their problems over and over and over again. Mm. And every single time that they tell it again, they're thinking, is this the day we're going to be free of mm. our concerns? So with organizations coming in, not collaborating with others, what hope is it that what they've listened to is actually going to be fixed. Mm. There needs to be more convening of organizations that do the same work mm -hmm. so they see that the competition um, really isn't there 
and really the magnitude of their work can be greater because more people are going to be served. Right. One of the um, things we see in, in athletics is competition, yes. and competition is good. It has its place. Yes. But in order to compete, you have to have cooperation with your team to get that done. Yes, yes, absolutely. And by all means, like competition, yes, it is important for uh, many things in society, right? Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to, I feel, our neighbors, we don't need to compete with them. Mm -hmm. They're already dealing with too much to comp uh, that they have to compete with daily, mm -hmm. not only talking about their financial burdens, they don't even know if they can compete because they don't even know where they're going to be resting their head next, yes. right? Or where their next meal is coming from. Uh, or because the competition of groups is so loud, it's diluting mm -hmm. their message getting back. Maybe it's about education. And that organization is not delivering mm. what could be maybe that glue of helping someone be saved mm. by getting connected to resources. Mm. Um, but hopefully there's more convening that happens. I can tell you, especially especially with our ROC initiative, because we're covering some really broad topics, but it's with us identifying with the organizations, they found their glue, mm. their gifts, and how can we just convene and make sure we're executing our partners getting to the direct access to solutions uh, for our everyday neighbors. So. What are some of the organizations that you work with, um, specifically, individually, uh, exact organizational names, however you want to do that, yeah. that you work with to, to do this convening? Oh, wow. There's so many. But I can tell you uh, a few that are jumping off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. um, INHP is one of our primary partners because it's one thing to say, hey, we're building homes, neighbors. But if, for instance, there's an organization such as INHP that can help them embrace their homeownership journey. Tell people what INHP is. Oh, yes. It is the Indianapolis Housing Neighborhood Partnership. Um, and their specialty is uh, home ownership education. They have um, a collective of mortgage lenders mm -hmm which are not predatory. Uh, mm. And that can really make sure everything is being set provisioned for the full blessing of homeownership and when they are finally getting to that point. Mm. Um, so INHP has been a great partner, especially mm. knowing 40, 45 new homes. Uh, there's also uh, renting assistance programs that they teach, credit and budgeting. Uh, I, I mean, there's some awesome things, down payment assistance, closing cost assistance, that, uh, you know, I wish we had all the money in the world, but we don't as a church, but they're set and gifted to help provide that. So what is awesome. uh, What is part of the uh, responsibility of the individual or the families? Do you do you do anything such as sweat equity, for instance? Uh, do people contribute to either the actual building of the home mm -hmm. or in some way contribute to uh, the sustenance or sustainability of their home? Good question. Now, I can tell you 
One of our other partners is uh, Habitat for Humanity. There you go. Yeah, and it was uh, truly a blessing mm. knowing of the 10 homes in less than one year that have been mm. built, uh, two of those homes were Habitat homes. Nice. So Habitat does have a sweat equity program that literally from mm. classroom settings to being hands-on to the build to understanding mm. the actual kind of mortgage process for them, 0%, by the way, when they get their keys on the mm -hmm. mortgage lending, mm -hmm. um, that that is the form of equity that is asked of. Hmm. Now, um, for us specifically for homes outside of the two habitats, mm -hmm. I'd say our equity isn't so much that they're building and doing the labor um, and we don't even really package it, package it as sweat equity, but it's so important for you to see that you have to work in understanding what is to come of being a homeowner. Yes. So yeah, we really are highly, highly, highly encouraging you to take a home ownership education-based program. Mm -hmm. Take the time to review your credit. Mm. Take the time mm. of knowing some of the lingo that's going to be thrown your way, such as the debt-to-income ratio. Oh, boy, yeah. Uh, what is your possible property tax? Do you know mm. that if something breaks, do you have the skills in your toolbox to say, maybe I can fix that before mm -hmm. going to someone, and they're going to maybe charge you some astronomical price? Or having so, a neighbor that might be able to help you with or, it. Or a neighbor being able to help a neighbor. Yeah. yeah it's so yeah. important. So, uh, yeah, we have the sweat equity more or less from that manner, but it's not so much of uh, the sweat mm -hmm. in a way that you're buying into it because our goal is uh, with our houses that we're doing everything to make it affordable for you. There you go. A uh, primary example, we brought actually on staff a construction superintendent, so oh, general wow. contractor. That's really cool. Yeah. How many churches have a construction superintendent? You know what? <laughs> I pray many have or will, will. aim for that. Maybe after definitely. this interview, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but even by doing that, the housing cost was being able to save anywhere from twenty to thirty thousand per build. Wow! And that's something now our neighbors don't have to worry exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah, they don't have to pay it back. Yeah. yeah. So it's been phenomenal. Wow, mm -hmm. man! You know, let me just say <laughs> that when we have discussions like this on this radio program, and folks like yourself, Ashley, come in and tell us about the very practical nature of what you're doing, mm -hmm. and once again highlighting what you just said, you put on staff, on your church staff, somebody who's a construction supervisor. I mean, seriously? Yes. I mean, I have never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, fist bumps to you, Thank Pastor you. Johnson, for the whole of the Eastern Star Church, uh, for be su being such forward-thinking uh, folks in this regard. Mm -hmm. After the the housing issue, and, and we talked about the predatory, uh, predatory loans and so on, uh, what are some of the other issues that you face? What are some of the other things that you would like to talk about that, that you're invested in right now? I can tell you my number one investment is goal number one. And goal number one is build a sense of community among the people who live and mm. work in this neighborhood. Mm. Um, every day I try to clarify that the goal is not just who lives and works in the neighborhood, 
but who is connected to the neighborhood mm. from all manners of life, right? So building a sense is thinking of cool, innovative ways of bringing our neighbors together. Mm -hmm. uh, what ways can they serve together? What means of listening first, acting second, mm. can be provided to assure that those who want to work in a community or serve in a community know exactly the deliverables our neighbors mm. want. Wow. So I uh, tell you that is the glue i feel sometimes with community development that is sometimes missed or maybe neglected and it's great that you can have bricks and sticks but if you don't have the buy-in first of mm. the neighbor mm. uh, listening to their voice understanding mm. their wants the development is just yeah. that just construction and that kind of goes back to something I was asking about earlier uh, about the equity issue where how much of a buy-in is there for not just the individual, the family, but now you're talking about the community. Mm -hmm. And are we listening to the voice of the community who has already been there yeah. so that they don't feel like, you know, we're coming in to invade, we're coming in to tell them what to do yeah. or say to them, you know, if you don't do it this way, then that's, not, that's wrong. Absolutely. Uh, this, this glue concept about building community is, is a big deal. It's a major deal. So, you know, putting together initiative could have been a fly-by-night thing. This is what we want. Checklist here. Oh, we have it. Mm -hmm. And boom, we're ready to execute. Right. Um, but that leads to, as what you're talking about, invasion. And none of it's going to work <laughs> if those that we say we're going to help don't connect with how we're helping. And right. sometimes using words of help or serve, and I'm doing this for you, mm. is all the barriers that are going to continuously be put up. Right. So our initiative, again, was 18 months, but it wasn't just 18 months of us listening. Mm. We're very thankful and blessed that for almost 25 years, Eastern Star Church has been located in the neighborhood it's been trying to serve. Um, with the word teaching preachings of Jesus is exalted and the words explained. Um, now, the Rock Initiative isn't a new thing that was a vision. Literally, Pastor Johnson wanted to see this as a church be taken when we first got there. Mm -hmm. But with the importance of trust, that listening, neighbor buy-in, that's really what's been occurring since our church mm -hmm made it there and hopefully they can see by us being good neighbors we're not the organization in a neighborhood we are a neighbor that we're trying to do everything we can be uh, to be a good stewards mm. and even leaning into that um, while we had our 18 months strategic planning there were focus groups not of the congregation and the community stakeholders only. You know, the neighbors were a part of that process. Mm -hmm. In addition to help assure that what we're trying to do is for decades to come. Yes. There's no grant end date, start date for what we're doing. This decades of building that we're trying mm -hmm. to do and be compelled to always see the utmost attention to. Mm. We have um, even as well a neighborhood association we got created for the neighbor a uh, neighborhood so we have arlington woods neighborhood association uh, which is serving mm -hmm. the area where there was never an official neighborhood organization that's there they meet monthly 
But what's even been the glue behind that is while we're getting that neighborhood association going, it's literally been a kind of teaching, facilitating workshop, giving all the empowerment tools mm -hmm. in the beginning. And it's been a shift where now you're starting to see the neighbors leading, filling those positions mm -hmm. and executing out all the decisions that maybe has been in their heart, maybe in their households. But now it's a connected network and they're executing it. So like even on April 7th, there's a big old community uh, canvas day. They're getting word out about what they're doing, asking for other neighbors to get in one board, looking for other service opportunities mm. to be able to help neighbors. Mm. And it's just, it's literally a blessing to see that daily. It really sounds to me kind of like backdoor evangelism. You know, you, yeah. you literally are drawing people to the gospel because of what the church is doing in the community. Absolutely. And um, so I threw out the millennial bit earlier in my description mm -hmm. because I feel as if that backdoor evangelism is the, the maybe the key or highlight for more millennials today. Mm -hmm. um, I, I still remember where growing up in my household, families were impacted by 9-11, so war. Uh, our family is also impacted by the crash of the market. Mm. Uh, yes, in 2000, where we thought it was the end of the world. No, we, no not of our timing. But we're more doers. Mm -hmm. And we want to see that of the action first before they say, like, the full yes. yes. So um, I feel like what we're doing today is the new harvesting of our next uh brothers and sisters accepting Christ mm -hmm. by our actions. Yes. And so hopefully we're able to do more mm. uh, saving souls that way right. uh, while we're doing this kingdom building. The other day, one of my students, I meet with students at IEPY uh, to talk about their studies and mm -hmm. think about things from a Christian vantage point, part of what Comenius does. And uh, one of the students, we were talking about evangelism and they were talking about how some, some uh, groups, uh, you know, kind of target an individual at lunch and just go sit to them next to them and talk to them about Jesus. And mm -hmm. they were asking, you know, how do you feel about that? And I said, well, I'm, I'm much more of a relational kind of guy and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And uh, they said, well, how do you do evangelism? And I said, well, because I'm still, I'm going to grad school again. I've gone awesome. back to school again. Uh, Team grad a, school, me too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're going to have to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that we uh, emphasized was my responsibility in evangelism as writing really good academic papers. Mm -hmm. How is it that well, I will attract people to the truth if I don't show beauty and I don't do goodness? Absolutely. So truth, goodness, and beauty, but we need to lead with beauty and goodness before truth. Yes, absolutely. And I think... Um, with society and the world as it is today, we don't know what's fake news. Mm -hmm. uh, we have so many streams of information yes. that is being thrown out. Mm -hmm. But as a result of that growing, we're condensing the spaces for verification. Ooh. And the, the verification is our actions. Are mm -hmm. you lifting the ink to life? off the paper mm -hmm. by action or even as well um, 
having more faith in who we're delivering a message to for them to decide it. Mm. Be more informative, not persuasive. Mm. And if they act on it, are they going to be upset later on that they've walked a certain way? Right. So it all falls back to the um, empathy, relationship building. I am one-on-one with you with that mm. because I feel like that's the best tool we have in true transformation. That's right. Yeah. Transactional Seeing versus transformation. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, sitting across the table from you looking eye to eye. Yeah, this is right huge. There, this is so it. Huge. This is what it's all about. Yeah. We have uh, just about a minute left. In about 30 seconds, could you just tell us one thing that you'd like to leave the audience with today? Get involved. Follow what is on your heart. If God continues to speak to you upon your gifts, show your thanks by showing someone else. Mm. Because your acts by showing your gifts Mm -hmm. may be that one glue of helping save someone's life. Mm -hmm. Um, and hold, that's what was my testimony of recommitting my life to Christ mm. because of uh, someone else's random good acts. Mm. So find that place if it is volunteering with the Rock Initiative where you can find out more. My uh, shameless plug of Please go ahead. Uh, Eastern Star Church's www.ese, no, excuse me, escrockinitiative.org website. Or feel free to give me a call at uh, 317-591-5050, Ashley Gervitz. And I would love just to take the time and find out what your love and passion is mm. in helping them feel connected to something of service. So That's great. You know, if you're listening to live or if you're going to hear the podcast later, um, you know, the, the thing that people always miss when you're doing radio is, you know, the, the thing that we have right now, and that's looking at each other eye to eye. Yeah. And I see the dance of the gospel in your eyes. Thank you. And it's I'm wonderful to that. see that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's a wonderful thing to see. And uh, for those who are listening, that's what I see in Ashley Gervitz. Thank you so much. Uh, please give our, our best to Pastor Johnson. Yes, th- will do. And thank him for the, the personal note that he sent to yes. me about the Rock Initiative. Will I'm do. grateful. Um, this is a wonderful uh, platform and a great opportunity. And for those who uh, have just uh, joined us uh, coming in on other programming, uh, you've been listening to Ashley Gervitz from Eastern Star Church. This is Warp and Woof Radio from RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You hear us every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And we are coming back next week. Looking forward to that. Uh, Pastor Dr. Clyde Posley will be back with us. But, HB, it's been a joy to be with you today. They can lock me back up now. Thank you, man. (laughs) I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Until the next time, we'll see you. God is not absent on my campus. This is how one Comenius Institute student sees our work at IUPUI. Hi, I'm Dr. Mark Eckel. Multiple studies show that 75% of Christian young people may leave the church altogether after attending public universities. One of the key ingredients to maintaining Christian faith commitment through college is personal, spiritual investment in students. We are committed to spending time with Christian young people. The Comenius Institute, where Christian wisdom and college life meet.